<coughs> Excuse me. Sounds bad, Andy. Is that your pride struggling to go down? <laughs> I, oh, that, that that's oh, I can't we can't talk about this. I'm not I cannot believe what has just transpired. It's the most <laughs> I was embarrassed sitting on this other side listening to you. It was just the worst. Oh man, I need to put the fan on. It's too hot in here. My cheeks are burning. You're welcome. You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are joining us. And welcome to episode 89-ish of the Host Unknown Podcast. Welcome one and all. Andy, how are you? How are you? <laughs> You're sounding a lot better this morning. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we can we can gloss over this, and um, yeah, let's just say that uh, audio audio input difficulties have been resolved, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. Did you did you get outside consultants in to, to address it? <laughs> I uh, I merely took advice from a, a an old colleague, uh, no, an old friend, uh, an old acquaintance. Uh, you know, someone <laughs> I knew wouldn't make a big deal out of it, and no. uh, you know. I wouldn't uh, use it to humiliate me in public. No, so, no, yeah. no. But I know someone who would use it to humiliate you. Jeff, how are you? <laughs> I'm very good. You know, I'll tell you, this has been the highlight of my week so far. I'll tell you what kind of, <laughs> I'll tell you what kind of week it's been. And it, in the interest of, of, of transparency and fairness, because I'm very transparent with my listeners and, and fans and friends, um, Andy does a lot of the, the legwork on this show in pulling together the show notes. He's yes. our little research machine. He goes out there, he finds these stories, and he's like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And last night, I, I'm putting my, my youngest to bed, so I, I just like putting him to bed, and I see see messages coming through. What do you think of this story? What do you think? And I'm thinking to myself, Andy's really on the ball tonight. It's only Tuesday, and he's like already thinking about the stories for this week. And uh, then I realised, no, it's Thursday and today's Friday. <laughs> so that's the kind of week it's been. But yeah, it's it, last week, uh, many of our eagle-eared listeners um, would have heard that Andy was sounding really bad. I mean, worse than normal, that his audio quality was bad. And it so transpires that Andy has got a brand new microphone recommended by our uh, tech expert or resident tech expert Tom Langford who right. said oh I say tech expert uh, th there's two criteria that Tom follows when he buys tech stuff if he's got an Apple logo on it it's good um, or he'll look for the most expensive thing because if you pay more money then that means it's good so he recommended a, a an expensive microphone to, to Andy and uh, Andy plugged it in, but he didn't know how to get it to work. And so today, before we started recording, Tom was taking Andy through the stage. It was like <laughs> listening in on one of those call centers. And Tom was reading from a script. How, how, have you plugged it in? Have yeah. you turned it off and on again? <laughs> have you done this? Have you made sure? Go into this setting. Which, which box is ticked? Which box isn't? And eventually, he actually managed to get Andy's microphone working. It was amazing and scary and I, I can imagine a little bit humiliating for Andy at the same time 
So, like I said, someone who is willing to uh, uh, humiliate uh, Andy in public. <laughs> Tom, how was your week? Ah, it's very good. It's very good. Uh, yeah, been uh, been working away. Did some filming yesterday for uh, uh, a new talk I'm doing at work. So that was fun. Stood in front of the green screen with, uh, uh, you know, um, and... Um, yeah, I think the teaser is going to be a good one this time. It's going to be really good. I'm I'm looking forward to releasing it. It's going to be okay. good fun. I've got to say, I, I always look forward to your teasers. They're, they're always so good. I never bother listening to your talks, but your teasers are amazing. <laughs> well, you 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 have to actually go to an event to to listen to one of my talks. And uh, since we're in the same job, Jab, we know what it's like. We 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 turn up, do the talk, and then uh, jump in a cab and go right. <laughs> So virtual keep, or otherwise, keep the engine running. Yeah, yeah exactly. What? You you get a cab. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you on your you're on your push bike? Yeah, <laughs> roller skates, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, yes, yeah, so, uh, I, I I really enjoy doing them, and the, and the thing is, neither of us um, know what we're going to be doing for the for the teaser, but you know when we start filming the actual talk. But by the end of it, we've come up with a couple of ideas. And so we, we, we came up with this thing. I'm not going to say what it is because it, 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 it came together. It ruined really well. the surprise. It ruined the surprise. And then we just took it, you know, took it further and further. And then, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be really good. Well, it better be anyway. <laughs> You've built it up a lot now. I've built it up a lot now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, dear. So what have we got coming up for you this week? Uh, well, this week in InfoSec talks about the 90s. Uh, not the best uh, era for, for music, but maybe it was for InfoSec. Rant of the week is a story about a regulator not considering the implications uh, before mandating new requirements. Funny that. Billy Big Balls dusts off the old school security skills. Industry News brings us the latest and greatest security news stories from around the world. And Tweet of the Week gives career advice which smacks of sponsorship. So let's move on to our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call... This Week in InfoSec. It is that part of the show where we take a stroll down InfoSec memory lane with content liberated from the Today in InfoSec Twitter account and also further afield. Um, so things I've learned this week include how to plug in a microphone, um, but as well as that, did you know that on the 18th of January 1995, the domain name Yahoo was registered? Um, but that's not the interesting part. The site was running prior to that, and do you guys know what it was called? Yeehaw. Yeah. <laughs> Goggle. It, it was actually called David and Jerry's Guide to the World Wide Web. Um, nice! Yeah. Snappy.com. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, obviously, you know, things were different back then, but it, we are still in the 90s, so this is where the story comes from. So the, our first real story has taken us back a mere 23 years uh, to the 19th of January, 1999, when the Happy 99 worm first appeared. 
Um, and it basically invisibly attached itself to emails, displayed fireworks to hide the changes being made, and wished the end user a happy new year. Um, and it was the first of a wave of malware that struck Microsoft Windows computers for the next several years, costing businesses and individuals untold amounts of money to resolve. Obviously, if they had a friend like Tom, they could just call on him for tech support. Um, yeah. who, I wouldn't know, be, able be able to tell him how to it. fix it, but their call no. quality would go up <laughs> immensely. Absolutely. Uh, but what's interesting about this uh, virus was in the Computer Security Handbook, which was published in 2002, um, Happy 99 was referred to as the first modern worm, um, which made me oh. chuckle because that was only 11 years after the Morris worm had infected the internet, which, uh, which was pre- still a much shorter time frame than the 23 years which have passed since then. Which presumably was not a modern worm. I don't get it. It's what's the well, what's, yeah, uh, well, you what's know, the things, distinction? Well, that's where I was getting it. You need yeah. to kind of make things sound good, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was. Um, is, but, is that is that right? Like when vendors call their solutions like next, next gen. gen or yeah. like you know, <laughs> it's it's not legacy uh, or or like you know, uh, antivirus. It's next gen antivirus. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. this isn't this isn't a PowerPoint. This is. You know, this is actually a bunch of moving images on a, on a screen that tell you what to do. <laughs> this, is, this is visual stimulation. Yeah. It's, it's a, a prezi. It's, a, it's, it's a an immersive, <laughs> an immersive. Uh, Whatever happened to prezi? Has it died I, on its ass? I think people just threw up too much during the- <laughs> <laughs> too much seasickness. Yeah, you can it's- actually replicate prezi uh, through PowerPoint. Uh, you know that sort of scroll up and down. You click oh, can up, you? Click, yeah, you, you just it takes a lot longer, obviously. But, oh, yeah. oh no, I know what you mean. Yeah, with the transitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah no, that's an interesting one, Prezi. We'll, we'll look into that. Yeah, uh, that's right. But yeah, well, yeah, I would guess. Yeah, happy '99. It's a story we've heard a hundred times before. You know, so it did appear mid January 1999. Spread through email, Usenet, uh, ran in the background without people's knowledge. Um, but later that it basically served as a template for the creation of other self-propagating viruses. So later that year, we saw the Melissa worm, the CAC worm, um, before the following year when the I Love You virus came out. And then that was even still two years before the Anacornicova virus. Ah, I was thinking Blimey. Anacornicova. Which were, yes. yeah, <laughs> no, this is the virus, Jeff. Yes, okay. yes. Uh, well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, it... it it was a big part of history back then. You know, probably remember all these uh, viruses at the time used to come out. Everyone was using Outlook. So lots of people were impacted apart from the really big corpse that are using Lotus Notes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they were all like, we're safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so our second story actually keeps us in the same time. Um, exactly 23 years ago, it was to the same day, the 19th of January, 1999, when I was barely five years old. Um, <laughs> RIM introduced the BlackBerry. What? Uh, yeah, so the original BlackBerry devices were not <gasps> phones, but instead they were the first mobile phones that could do real-time email. Yes, yes. Uh, they looked like big pages, and it is alleged that the name BlackBerry came from the similarity that the buttons on the original device had to basically had the surface of a blackberry fruit. Huh. How now, funny. Yeah, but if you th- I mean this is this is like iPhone before the iPhone, right? Yeah. Um, and it was funny to see that in 
the BlackBerry handsets were actually the smartphone of choice for the majority, and which was 37%, of British teens, according to a 2010 Ofcom study, uh, which was actually four years after the first iPhone came out. Uh, and where I was interested in this thing, and basically, you know, where this fits it- into like, you know, infosec history was. Do you remember BlackBerry Messenger? It was a, it was a secure messenger service. Yeah, exactly it? that. Yeah. yeah. But it, it allowed people to send you know, one-to-many messages to, uh, yeah. you know, network context, uh, all via Teams. Um, and it replaced, almost replaced text messaging overnight because it was free, uh, instant, and, you know, you yeah. could do like, a much larger community. Um, and obviously, unlike other social media that was popular at the time, Facebook in particular, BlackBerry messengers were untraceable by authorities, which is why it became a huge, hugely popular device in um, the Emirates, because um, it was used to spread sort of you know gossip about officials and uh, things like that. And uh, you know the the laws actually changed in those countries to actually give them backdoor access into that. Mm. Um, but it was also understood to be the, I guess the the communication tool of choice during the London riots, um, you know, back in 2010, uh, if you recall, when Oxford Street was vandalised, when places were burned down in Croydon. Mm. Um, and it was all the, yeah, the BlackBerry Messenger. And then obviously, you know, the iPhone had the iMessage, which was also considered secure. But this was far more, um, uh, you know, available to, to teens yeah. with a, a lower income. And it had everything you needed, you know, great features, email, <laughs> secure messaging, Terrible games. It was terrible no, games. It was but... really good. I, I I remember getting a BlackBerry from work, and it was brilliant. The keys were so good; they were perfectly spaced apart, and they had a nice tactile feel to it. You could compose yeah. emails really quickly and easily. Yeah, it was. Uh, and you know what it. really made me uh, surprised was so when we started getting these at the time, we like one of our sales directors. He was a bit. Of, I thought it was a bit of a dinosaur. Um, and so we did a trial with certain people, and he was the one. He just loved he took to it like a fish in water like he would not live without it after you know he tried it for like a couple of days and i was like damn this thing might actually be successful (laughs) because you know we'd been through everything prior to that you know the palm pilots and um, you know all the other phones scribble uh, yeah exactly but yeah no the blackberry and also the battery life was just phenomenal as well Mm. um but yeah they were still punching Punching strong after the yeah. initial launch of uh, iPhone, and, but uh, and, and now of course they're 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 the largest phone producer in the world. Is that BlackBerry? <laughs> <laughs> I thought they. Uh, it was only recent. Was it this year they shut down now? Haven't they? Yeah. yeah. They say they stopped yeah. production. That they was, they uh... completely <laughs> misread the market, didn't they? They, they completely did. Completely misread it. They did. They do. I, I, to, I remember. To, to be fair, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go on. Sorry, I, I was going to say. I remember trying one of the. Um, one of their first touchscreen devices, and it was horrible. Oh, yes. Absolutely horrible. I, I mean, it was the iPhone had come out, obviously, which was what prompted them. But their implementation of it was dreadful. The whole screen would click, if I am if I recall correctly. Yeah, a lot of those early ones were like that. I, I can't remember which. It was a HTC phone I had, and uh, the first one I had, it had a slide-out keyboard from the bottom half. Oh, uh, so, yeah, so yeah. So, like, vert- uh, like, you know, horizontally or yeah. so lengthwise. So it was really good, and the and the keyboard and the, the screen would tilt up slightly as well. Yeah, and it was brilliant. And then the next phone they wanted to copy iPhone, and they had a touch screen, and it was dreadful. Yeah, you you couldn't yeah. type out for to save your life. Yeah. And uh, but I do think it's when 
Apple came out with the iPad is when they really broke into enterprises because yeah. all the execs wanted to take them into work. And then, you know, you had this sort of like, uh, now IT needs to re relax their rules and, you know, BYOD became a thing. And then I think iPhones in, in a corporate sense as a corporate issued device yeah. uh, started to really catch on. Well, I mean, the first iPhone was crippled let's be honest i mean it was it was it was the first operating system they could get running on the damn thing it was only with was it ios 2 when they started to introduce the app store and stuff like that that things actually took off because up to then you couldn't do much i mean it literally was just a phone and a browser there was nothing else that it was it was capable of doing unless you jailbroke it of course um but uh, uh but but yeah, it was, and then as you say, the iPad. What was fascinating about the iPad was actually the average user, the average person on the street, could see themselves using the iPad. You know, not everybody said, oh, "I don't need a Mac. I don't need a you know top end machine. I just need something to to browse or do do whatever with." But the iPad was, yeah, I can see myself sitting down and reading email and reading books and checking the internet and documents and all that sort of thing. And it was a very accessible device as a result. Indeed. Excellent. Well, Andy, thank you very much. That was, um, God, I do, I do enjoy little trips like that. Very nice. Thank you, Andy. This week in InfoCert. You're listening to the award-winning Host Unknown podcast. Uh, oh, oh. Officially more entertaining than smashing security. In your face! In your face, Graham. We still haven't gone three weeks without talking about them. <laughs> Dreadful. We... Your fault for running the jingle, Tom. Actually, I've just got them labelled as jingle one to twelve. I hit them randomly now. <laughs> so I didn't know it was that one. It's it's how I've saved my kids' names in my phone. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, let's move on. Listen up! Rant of the week. It's time to mother rage. Eons of tradition dictate that I shall take this. Uh, this was an interesting one because when I when I first read this, I thought, oh yeah, yeah, fair enough. You know, crack on. You know, give them a hard, give a uh, a hard deadline and get people to meet it. Um, and then you kind of think about it a little more. And as Andy was discussing with me earlier about, you know, he couldn't believe that I was actually on the side of the, the government in this case. But, uh, um, yeah, mate, this, maybe this is a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit short sighted. But the headline is that Singapore, which has been hit by numerous um, financial phishing scams and malware, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, over the last few months, the Singapore government has given banks two weeks uh, to fix uh, their SMS security issues. So there's been a, like I said, there's been a ma massive um, phishing operation that's targeted uh, the uh, Southeast Asia's second largest bank, the Overseas Chinese Banking Corporation. Uh, and it's prompted the Monetary Authority of Singapore to introduce new regulations uh, for internet banking. So they have two weeks to remove clickable links in text messages or emails sent to retail customers. 
Uh, activations of a soft token on a mobile device will require a 12-hour cooling-off period. Customers must be notified of any requests to change their contact details, and a fund transfer threshold will be by default set to 100 Singaporean dollars, which is roughly 74 US dollars or lower. Uh, the uh, Monetary Authority of Singapore has also offered some vague directives requiring banks to issue more scam education alerts and to do so more often. So, like I said, I think initially I thought, you know, right, let's get these banks to spend some of the money that they uh, keep making from us and and do what they should have done in the first place, uh, in fairness. And a lot of these things should be uh, in place already. But in hindsight, or on reflection, giving them two weeks is going to do one of two things, I think. People are either going to fail to meet the deadlines or they will implement uh, solutions that are hastily and probably not with the best of uh, uh, intentions be uh, implemented so that basically things will go wrong. Stuff's going to happen. Customers are going to be inconvenienced. There's going to be mistakes made, etc. Or the banks will simply look at this from a risk-based perspective uh, and either do nothing and just take the financial hit as just the cost of doing business. Or hopefully we'll spend that period of time doing the right thing and making the changes uh, when prompted to do so, but in their own time. So bottom line is customers are not going to uh, benefit from this at all because of uh, this two-week period. It's just far too short, far too vague, certainly as regards, you know, more scam education alerts and all that sort of thing. Um, And, you know, these are... Well, like all banking systems, these are intricate, intricately uh, assimilated um, old legacy systems with new technology, etc. And they're not particularly easy to unpick. So, I do think the uh, uh, the Singapore uh, government here is is actually uh, going to end up shooting themselves in the in the foot. Well, so I'm I'm usually a huge fan of MAS, uh, like the, the Monetary <laughs> Authority Service. So they do a lot of stuff. Um, you know, in conjunction with the Bank of England as well. Uh, yeah. They provide really good guidance on, you know, red team exercises, how banks should be um, assessed, you know, why it's not just a standard, uh, you know, tick in the box for this. And, you know, it's very specific and it's usually really detailed, um, you know, guidance, which is why I am just absolutely stunned that they've half-assed this yeah. um, and sort of chucked it out. And I know that a lot of people are kind of happy in that. Oh, good! I never get anything useful from the banks at all. You know, I don't know. You know, should never get links in messages or anything like that. And you know, I do think that's a debate for another time. You know, I think that's something that needs to be looked at. How, you know, what what services legitimately send out links and for what reasons? Um, you know, and to just tell someone to switch that off in two weeks, especially a bank which we know is not. Um, you know, let's just chuck the word agile in there. Do you know what I mean? They have to plan things to, you know, to to get them out live. It's not like you can just switch off applications, mm. uh, you know, change. So the, the fundamental way a lot of these applications work, um, you know, will have links. And I get it. If it's pure marketing, then, you know, I, I don't, yeah, 
I've got no defense for that. It's yeah, absolutely switch that off. But some of these people will use links for like password resets and things like that, you know, purely on your mobile device. Um, you know, it's a very mobile centric country, um, which is why it's, yeah, it just seems really it's very knee jerk. Yeah. Is. And very, it's very unlike them as well. Hmm. And, and, and I think what, what it is like you, you took, but, correctly illustrated the, the technical issues but think about the problem they're trying to solve is people are getting fished if they're going to put out something like this in two weeks there's going to be a whole lot of communication they're going to send out to people they're going to confuse them and i think in that process there's going to be more phishing attacks because criminals are going to be like well yeah <laughs> this door's going to close in two weeks probably uh, but now there's utter chaos. So let's send them a text message saying, hello, we're your bank. We're now moving you to a more secure system. Click here. And people are going to listen for it. I, yeah. I think it's just going to yeah. cause, you know, you, you, you're not fixing the, the issue. Um, and, and, while, and again, I think this is, again, where you take a, a tech-centric approach to, to issues as opposed to figuring out what is actually the process here. Where are there flaws in the process and how are they being being attacked is is you know like Andy, it's very unlike the mass uh, to to go down this route. So mm. um, you know maybe maybe they've got like uh, a new CISO in place who's like oh, I want to make a name for myself. Let's do this or something. I don't know. Either that or the guy on the end of end of the uh, call had a really dodgy microphone and he misheard him. He said two years and he missed he heard two weeks. <laughs> so, I mean, it could happen, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, mics, mics can be tricky. You know, some of these uh, modern-day mics. And yeah. grapes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, excellent. That was this week's... Rant of the Week. You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. Bubblegum for the brain. And talking of bubblegum for brains, let's move on to this week's Billy Big Balls with Jav. <laughs> Yes, it is me again. And have you seen the movie Captain Phillips with Tom Hanks in it? Yes, it's about a great... the, uh, the the pirates that take take the yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's... am the captain now. Exactly. Yes. If, if you if you haven't seen the movie, you must have seen the meme where the yeah. Somali yeah. pirate is there. Look at me, I am the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a great movie because. I, I had no idea that sea piracy still existed, but... <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've never really taken a boat into open sea, so I have no idea. <laughs> like, I just thought their boats are their yachts and, like, you know, um, what do you call it? There's the Suez Canal thing that happened. That's because of dodgy directions. And, um, what? I, Keep going straight? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, other than that, I just thought they were used for making hip-hop music videos. But... Uh, <laughs> You know that like most yachts these days come with like anti-piracy, um, sort of you know stop people climbing up the sides or they've got turrets to mount guns on for you for your gun. It's still a massive problem. Really? Wow. Yeah, and you <laughs> literally you get paths to uh, to navigate through because there's known pirates in certain waters. That is fascinating. I I, I, I learned so much from you too. When, when you said yachts have anti-piracy, I thought, oh my God, I, my multi-region DVD won't work there. But I'm not... <laughs> so, that was funnier than it should have been. <laughs> so now you're going to 
you're probably going to laugh at me when I read out this next story because I had no idea this still existed. But in, 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 in America, apparently, train robberies still exist as well. <laughs> ah, interesting. Yeah, so uh, there's a story about um, there are some Union Pacific freight trains in the LA area, uh, which um, sometimes they get delayed or whatever, so they sit on the tracks for a while and their carriages are full of like orders like Amazon deliveries and everything and what have you. So uh, what's been happening is that the, the tracks have been unguarded and there's there's a jurisdictional sort of like ambiguity as to who's responsible for guarding a train on a track. So while the um, there, there is a, 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 a transport police, they're more responsible for crimes on the train, like between people, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And the LAPD is um, not really, they don't actively monitor it, I suppose. So, so no one's like taking responsibility for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, not my job yeah, yeah. i'll finish my donut <laughs> yeah exactly it's really funny saying lapd and not saying it in an ironic sense because i'm always like <laughs> it, uh, it's it's a real thing it's not just something in pop culture but yeah so um you know people have been going in they've been cutting the locks and they've just been um systematically robbing um the these trains and uh what they found is like um you know dozens or hundreds of boxes like littered all over the place as they open them up go through it take what they want and and just leave the mess there so so the trains are at a standstill yeah they're not coming up on horses or motorbikes and then really jump. disappointing <laughs> yes really yes. i i had in my mind these kind of you know, these chases, as I said, motorbikes, horses, whatever, push bikes, doesn't matter, because I know how slow American trains go, according to Hollywood. I mean, you can just run and catch up with them, right, and jump yeah. in. and The open but, um, door. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and the then you door. close the door afterwards, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's only, it's only polite. But, oh, God, disappointing. Where's the where's the chase? They, they they should have people running along the top of the of the carriages, ducking as bridges go past, and and as the LAPD or the transport police are shooting at them to keep them off. Or this isn't a story. This is a disappointment. Uh, this this <laughs> is just super low hanging fruit. This <laughs> is like this is this no is no physical security. This is not whatsoever. low hanging. This is falling onto the floor. <laughs> this is this is you almost know, like a honey pot, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know this. This is the perfect analogy for how uh, security works there in real life. People often think who don't work in the industry that you mean bait and switch. No, it's <laughs> it's like oh, you know, <laughs> um, you know, to hack into something, you have to do mm. this, you have to do that. Whereas in in reality, you just you know running a few commands and you know sending well, you a few phishing emails or what have you. Or, uh, or or phone someone up and saying, "Hi, my name's Bobby McPassword from the Password Office." Yes, yeah, exactly. Can, can you can you tell me what your password is? Yes, yes, I'm the wallet inspector. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> it it reminds me actually of this. Um, a, 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 an old colleague of mine tells me that he was working and um, and uh, in the in the lobby of one of the the buildings, they had like a kiosk machine for which I don't know what it was for staff to check in or whatever or to see something. And uh, one of the red team, internal red teamers, he was asked to to do a, a pen test on it. So he was like, okay. So he walked in. 
he um he uh, the, the cabinet was open from well it wasn't locked properly or something so he just like opened it from the back picked up the the computer and walked out with it and he, <laughs> and he goes that was the easiest assessment i ever done <laughs> oh dear yeah but it'll yeah. be interesting to see how much this um Union Pacific freight trains have spent on like cyber controls and stuff. You know, I bet they got like state of the art DLP and you know next gen AI sort of endpoint detection. Yeah, yet uh, yeah, the, the entire stock, which is physical, um, just sits unguarded in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Next week, I'm hoping we can find some highway robberies, like stagecoach robberies, and then <laughs> what? Those those um, buses that go on the motorway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or as they sometimes yeah. call megabus these days. One megabus. <laughs> the yeah. one pound megabus. No point of robbing them. They're all poor people. <laughs> they're, 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 those are the buses with a picture of Daro Brian on the back. Yes. Yeah. Billy Big Balls of the Week. Attention. This is a message for all other InfoSec podcasts. Busted. We caught you listening again. This is the Host Unknown podcast. Andy, do you know what um, what part of the day we might be in at the moment? Uh, let me just check the clock. Oh, it's that time. It's that time of the show where we head over to our news sources over the InfoSec PA Newswire who have been very busy bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry news. European regulators hand out 1.1 billion euros in GDPR fines. Industry news. NCA. Kids as young as nine have launched DDoS attacks. Industry news. Government to regulate crypto advertising in new crackdown. Industry news. Man charged with smuggling tech exports to Iran. Industry news. Researchers hack Olympic Games app. Industry news. Red Cross supply chain data breach hits 500,000 people. Industry news. 11 arrested in bust of prolific Nigerian BEC gang. Industry news. Twitter mentions more effective than CVSS at reducing exploitability. Industry news. Biden signs memo to boost national cybersecurity. Industry news. And that was this week's... Industry news. Whilst huge if true, is that Twitter mentions more effective than CVSS at reducing exploitability? Is that to do with that story we did last week? No, it's not. But this is really interesting because I'm just looking at it. It's it's (laughs) Kenner Security done, done some research. And they say that if you monitor Twitter mentions of vulnerabilities, it might be twice as effective as CVS scores as keeping or helping organizations prioritize which bugs to patch first. So I'm cu- uh, so hear me out. Startup <laughs> idea, guys. Okay. As soon yeah. as Jav says hear me out, we're going on some crazy journey. No, 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 no. We 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 we, we monitor Twitter for mentions. So, see, this last week's plan about the phone call to, to phone you up when there's a thing was yep. flawed because it relied on volunteers. We're going to pay yes. you now. Is that we the don't. Plan? No, oh, no, no, okay. no. We just monitor Twitter. 
we find the mentions and anyone that has over X number of mentions automatically gets converted into voice and phones up someone and tells them. <laughs> now, can just we do all of this that... with free services? Of course we can. Just just don't use the developer that's going to like change his code afterwards and, and screw us over. You know, the one we spoke about last week. <laughs> <laughs> just don't use any of his open source stuff. There's plenty of open source stuff. And uh, we can do. I, 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 I'm confident we can. Uh, this time next year, we can be a unicorn startup in our own right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right behind you, Jav. Um, who, who are we going to get to code this? I can do that. Haven't you? Haven't you seen? I, I, I've create coded my own. Uh, uh, this is a couple of years back. Are you, you're going to use that. We're you're going to use that tool which does the uh, if this then that, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, it's called if this then that. <laughs> that's yeah. the one. That that's apparently the new Python. So it's like you know. <laughs> and if you embed enough of those statements within each other, you can actually call it AI. Intellectual property. <laughs> <laughs> AI, IP, whatever. It yeah. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The, 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 the other one that caught my eye, kids as young as nine have launched DDoS attacks. Well, that's... Uh, given what you can download, well, even from just the web, let alone the dark web, given what you can download, it's actually not difficult to launch a DDoS attack, is it? Yeah, I guess it's just the accessibility. to Because well, when I was nine years old, I was probably playing, you know, Super Mario Brothers or, or whatever and discovering the hidden worlds beyond, you know, level four where you jump over the wall instead of jumping on the flag. Um, just so I guess Willie and just... uh, Manic Miner for me. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's just, you know, the modern day equivalent of that, right? It's, <laughs> here's something that's easy to replicate and mimic and share with your friends. They're basically scrumping apples in the 2020s. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, see, scrumping apples is something I've heard about, but it's not, yeah. Yeah, weird thing, scrumping apples, it basically means stealing apples from somebody else's tree. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, because it's kids, it's cheeky, nothing else. <laughs> Rather than theft. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in fact, my neighbour, they've got an apple tree that uh, drops apples into my garden. I, I toss them back over. Um, oh, no, you should and, eat them, yeah. mate. You should take them. Nah, not, not they, all bruised and battered. Well, and if, like... if the branches are hanging over into your garden, then they actually you are allowed to take the fruit. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, I won't go into it, but it's kind of funny because I've got like a tree that uh, goes under their tree, <laughs> so it's like they're what? both kind of overlapping on our shared hedge. Um, so it's yeah, it's uh, long story. Anyway. Uh, the, the... <laughs> The story I was interested in, this uh, Red Cross uh, supply chain data breach where they're saying that um, 515,000 highly vulnerable victims have had their data stolen uh, from a Swiss contractor that stores data on behalf of Red Cross. Um, And it was more the response that the Red Cross came up with to this in that they're basically pleading with the hackers not to release it um, because it is vulnerable people. Um, And I'm not sure whether that is judging by you know what's happened to healthcare industries and and things like that in the past i'm not sure whether the hackers are gonna honor you know those requests yeah Uh, it's an interesting one isn't it because you 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 know that it depends how you view criminality in a sense doesn't it because if 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 you're a criminal because 
basically you've been a vulnerable person. It's the only way you've been able to live, etc. And then things escalate, obviously. Or whether it's just, you know, hardened career criminals. Yeah. And you just wonder which way, um, which way they're going to go. Because they, yeah. they've said, oh, we're not going to attack hospitals. And then hospitals have been attacked. But, yeah, I don't know. It's a yeah. tricky one. It is. I mean, what, what you just hope, it's not some nation state sponsored one where like some dictatorial regime is like, I want you to hack into that. You'll be able to find all these uh, people who, dissidents who are dissidents. in our country. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, I think I think actually the Red Cross are probably. I'm hoping they're doing like a multi-pronged response. If you see what I mean, you know, it's not. Yeah. They're not just saying, "Oh, please don't share it." They're they they're taking other other um, courses of action as well. But I can't think of a better one for them to take. You know, literally appealing to their better uh, the, their better nature. But it's a risky strategy. It is, yeah. but I don't know. I mean, it, it this sort of thing. It it reminds me. I think uh, Rowena uh, Fielding, friend of mm. the show, she said it's like um, we need to appreciate now when when we when we do cybersecurity in a lot of places, we're not protecting data. We're protecting people. Yeah, the data is irrelevant, and, and mm. this is a start, yeah, clear example of that. It's yeah. like you know the data. It's not really data that we protect. It's the people behind the data that we really are mm. trying to protect and. Um, but, That's but then ultimately, why. we're we're really protecting the company behind the people behind yeah. the data because uh, the company doesn't want to be sued. Yeah, uh, yeah. The true capitalist company man, Andrew Agnes. <laughs> Thank you very much, gentlemen. That was this week's industry news. It doesn't matter if the judges were drinking. <laughs> Host Unknown was still awarded Europe's most entertaining content status. We're going to have to see if we can renew that this year. Yeah. Who do we have to pay? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> let's let's check the bank account from last year. You keep the receipts? <laughs> yes. Uh, do you also have a blue dress in, in your in your uh, in your cupboard, Tom? Might do. What? Yeah. <laughs> Right, let's move on to this week's Tweet of the Week. And we always play that one twice. Tweet of the Week. And this is one which I have got, and it is from someone called Minority Infosec Professionals on Twitter. Um, and it, you know, it was one that I didn't originally want to get into, but then the more I looked at it, the more it kind of wound me up um, <laughs> in terms of... Uh, one, I don't know how you're judging this, right? Coolest careers in cyber. Uh, and the tweet goes on to say, here are some cybersecurity careers for those whom are interested. Whom? Did you, did you whom. say whom? It says whom. I'm I'm reading verbatim. Well, okay. <laughs> so, so the, okay. Sick. So they're I, English. Uh, yes. Uh, so it is ultimately a poster from Sands, right? And we know how these kind of... Cybersecurity careers thing comes out. I think ISC two squared have their own posters about you know which which jobs are in demand and ISACA do their own jobs in demand and it's all ironically based on courses which they uh, you know that they can uh, support you with in order to get qualified. But what made me interested with this one is it claims that the coolest careers in cyber based on 
the most in-demand job by employers. Uh, and this is from 2021, and it shows like the top 20 jobs. And I, you know, had I been asked what were the top most in-demand jobs in security, uh, I think I would have probably guessed maybe three out of this top 20. Ah. Um, you know, <laughs> so I, you know, I won't read out all 20, but links in the show notes. But uh, job number one, threat hunter, straight in there. Uh, job number two, red teamer. Job number three, digital forensic analyst. Job number four, purple teamer. Job number five, malware analyst. Uh, and I think out of all of those, only red teamer would have been um, one I guessed <laughs> you know, from that. But uh, all of the jobs are technical. Uh, well, except maybe number six, CISO. Uh, number 15, security awareness officer. Um, but then other than that, everything else is technical, which is... I mean, sheer coincidence that SANS offer a lot of technical courses, um, you know, which tend to be on the, the upper end of the scale for costs <laughs> versus their uh, non-technical courses. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Take it with a pinch of salt, I guess, is where I'm going with this one, because none of these jobs here, you know, have a module on PowerPoint or uh, report writing in, in Word, yeah. which uh, <laughs> uh, I think, you know, the more time you spend in cybersecurity, the more time you'll spend with Microsoft Office. Yeah, it's 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 a weird one. It's um, it, it, it's self-serving, but I, I just really find it weird that how they say just because there's more of these jobs out there, that makes it a coolest career. No, it just means it's the most available career, the most under skilled area it doesn't necessarily make it cool um or people want to be seen to be hiring in that area <laughs> exactly yeah yeah that's I th- it i think it's a title that came up before they actually looked into the jobs themselves they wanted something some alliteration coolest careers in cyber yeah yeah i mean how many uh companies do you think are hiring for a purple teamer <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's the, a very the, the specific. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a very specific, and you know, to get to purple team, you're assuming you already have your red team and your blue team sorted. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, it's it's a very mature sort of uh, area to be going into. Well, maybe that's what makes it cool. You know, if if you're at the top of your game as a result. Yeah. But are they really the most in demand by employers, which is what the uh, the top of the post Well, that's a, that's a criteria in of itself. Why is it cool if it's in demand again, you know? So it's um yeah, very odd. Yeah. So so the last one number 20 is a media exploitation analyst. Joe, what? I thought that's exactly what you guys did. Uh, but then I realised it's not actually that type of media. Uh, I think they're actually talking about, you know, uh, forensic uh, media as in you know peripherals and so, so number and, three on the list is digital forensic analyst and I'm I'm not sure what the difference between the two is <laughs> <laughs> we're just so out of touch yeah. is yeah. it us who are out of touch no it's the industry who's out of touch <laughs> tell, tell me CISOs in there somewhere uh, number six you, you'll find that CISOs are in demand yeah yeah good but good. Uh, I think that's the only non uh, yeah other than the ISO um, you know, up at number 15, I, I think everything else is pretty much a, you know, a strong technical background required. Which in itself is very unbalanced, right? I mean, what's cooler than being an internal auditor? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me started on internal auditors. <laughs> Not enough time. <laughs> internal affairs. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, brilliant. Excellent. Thank you very much, Andy, for this week's Tweet of the Week. Well, we come crashing and banging and landing like an eagle towards the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. What are, what, what are our plans for the weekend? Uh, I'm going to go up into the loft and uh, I need to do a sweep up. Um, so, <laughs> issue with uh, cluster flies. Um, a couple of weeks ago when I was up there in the loft, I realised that uh, some cluster flies had set up in the corner. If you don't know what they are, you can Google them. Uh, cluster flies loft. Uh, I ended up getting some... <laughs> this is a really uninteresting story. <laughs> uh, I ended up getting like these smoke bomb things that you let off in the, in the loft. Uh, and C- Can you also use them when you want to leave a conversation quickly? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and along with all this, I ended up buying a, a Ufi vacuum cleaner, which is like a handheld turbo vacuum cleaner. Uh, way more expensive than it should be. So I can uh, clean up the uh, remnants uh, this weekend. So, yeah, my weekend sorted. What are you guys up to? <laughs> when you said, I'm going to go up into the loft, it's like, okay, and thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Jav, what about you? Well, I'm going to go into the garage, yeah, because the... No, I'm not. It's... <laughs> No, uh, no. Andy sucked all the life out of me and enthusiasm. <laughs> talking about his trees, Look, his loft. His stop, life. stop talking about last weekend when he <laughs> when he sucked all the enthusiasm out of you. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, anyway, gentlemen, thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you very much for the show. You're welcome. And Andy, thank you very much. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, comment and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your best insults on our Reddit channel. Worst episode ever. R slash smashing security. Oh no, Meatloaf died. He was fantastic in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And even better in Fight Club. And that's pretty much the highlight of his career. More than you've done, Tom. Well, I'm not an international rock star, am I? Well, technically, actually, I think if you look at the YouTube videos, yeah, <laughs> and uh, where they've been viewed from, oh, yeah. I guess it is more gangster rap than, uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's that's me down to a T. <laughs> <laughs>